North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel. I am a naturopathic doctor in San Diego, California. It is a very special day for me. I feel super dorky saying this, but ever since I was a kid, I decided that September 27th was my favorite day. I'm not joking you. I was looking around seeing everybody, you know, celebrating holidays and birthdays, and I was thinking, that was so cliche. No, I didn't use the word cliche when I was a kid, but it was the same concept. And I was realizing that I'm going to pick my own holiday. So I decided when I was a kid, September 27th is going to be my favorite day, and it usually creeps up on me. It's actually funny because most mornings of September 27th, it starts out really bad, and then I find out on my phone, I get a reminder, and then it's like smiling from ear to ear. So it's always a nice reminder that, you know, your mental outlook has such a huge effect on your day because all that change is that I realize it's my favorite day, and then I have a great day. So happy favorite day to me. Um, I have a very special announcement. I just joined a practice in Encinitas, which is North County, San Diego. I'm taking over the practice for a nurse practitioner, and I'm sharing a space with a medical doctor and a psychologist. I'm super excited. It's totally the environment I thrive in around other practitioners. We love to bounce ideas off of each other and just teach each other what we know. So it's really exciting. My focus is obviously on my favorite thing, which is on digestive health, but also focusing on thyroid conditions, autoimmune disease, hormones, uh, fertility, so helping uh, couples get pregnant, detoxification, and I'm also going to be offering IV therapy um, for athletes. I know a lot of uh, people in the fitness industry here in San Diego, so I'm excited to be able to offer that, help boost performance and decrease recovery time and all of that, so I'm super excited. I'll be having a lot of open houses and a grand opening, so keep your eyes peeled for that if you're in the San Diego area, and also come by. I'm there on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, so you're always welcome to stop, stop by and check out the space. Um, on my website, you can find the address, drlaurennoel.com. Let's see, here's an announcement. If you're a medical student, an MD student, DO, ND, chiropractor, or new doctor, I'd like to tell you about an, an event coming up in Portland on November 18th from 5.30 to 7. It is a mixer that is really geared towards students who want to maybe find a job, want to find an integrative doctor to join forces with. Um, it's a great opportunity to meet some really great doctors. It's going to be for the ACAM conference. That's the American College for Advancement in Medicine. It's my very favorite organization with holistically-minded doctors. You don't have to go to the conference to go to the mixer. So definitely mark your calendars November 18th from 5.30 to 7 at the Portland Convention Center. Uh, for more information, check out acamportland.com. I have a great lineup of future shows coming up. Next week, next Tuesday night at 5 p.m., Dr. Abu Nassar, he is an expert in anti-aging, and we will be talking all about how to boost brain power and prevent and treat Alzheimer's disease with natural medicine. So very, very hot topic. Lots of people have Alzheimer's nowadays. I'm sure a lot of people listening, their grandparents, their parents maybe even have this. So check out that show next week. And then the next show after that will be on October 20th. That will be actually a Thursday. This will have to accommodate the uh, speaker's schedule with Dr. Walter Crinion. 
He is a naturopathic doctor and pretty much the expert in environmental medicine uh, for the field. So really excited to have him. He is the author of Clean, Green, and Lean, and it's all about how to get rid of toxins that make you fat. Very relevant nowadays. Um, the next show after that is October 25th with Dr. Carrie Louise Donnell. She was the doctor who turned my health around back in high school. So very important person in my life. She is amazing. We'll be talking all about healing the aging metabolism. So as people are getting older, they're having a hard time losing the weight that they didn't have so, so much of a hard time within their younger years. So we'll be talking all about that. She just gave this lecture in London. It was very well received. So excited to have her on the show. And then drum roll, November 1st, Chris Kresser of the Healthy Baby Code. He will be on the show talking about how to get healthy, as healthy as possible, to have the healthiest babies as possible. So super excited. So on to tonight's show. Tonight's topic is a hot one. Unless you live in the middle of the country or in a desert in Africa, you are likely exposed to electromagnetic fields. We're, we are near electrical lines, wireless internet, cell phones, microwaves, and we really don't think about what kind of health effects that these advances in technology pose for us. But let's be honest, they're not going anywhere. Things aren't going to be changing anytime soon. So with that said, how can we be as healthy as possible in the midst of a world of technology? And is there even proof that these advances pose a risk at all? And what can natural medicine offer to keep us healthy in this crazy, changing world? If you want to call and ask a question tonight, as usual, the number is 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. You can also ask questions on Facebook and Twitter, and I'll do my best to check those. That's facebook.com slash drlonoel, and then twitter.com slash Noel. Joining us tonight is a doctor who has a special interest in this area, and he makes sure to address this with all, with all of his patients. Dr. Chong is on the show. Dr. Daniel Chong is a family physician who enjoys training people of all ages and a wide variety of ailments. Over time, he's also developed a keen interest in the treatment of chronic health conditions. His passion is to combine what he calls treating his patients the old-fashioned way, as well as with cutting-edge advances in energetic testing, functional diagnosis, homeopathic, nutritional, and herbal medicine. Dr. Chong is a 2000 graduate of the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland. He's an active member of the Oregon Association of Naturopathic Physicians and is licensed in the state of Oregon. To learn more information about him, check out his website, seekhealth.net. And Dr. Chong, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hello, Dr. Noel. Happy uh, September 27th to you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. It's a very special day indeed. It was funny, I posted that on Facebook, that is my favorite day, and everyone's like, happy favorite day, I'm so excited for you. I thought people were going to be like, are you serious? But it's been very well received, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's so, good to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you, and, you know, I've I've kind of heard your name sort of thrown around. I know you're you're a fellow paleo doc. I mean, I, I don't know if you recommend that for everybody, but I know that you're, you know, interested in the paleo diet, so I've, you know, heard your name kind of thrown around here and there, and um, just heard great things about you with your patients, so, yeah, so you have a good reputation. Thank you. Yeah, I'll <laughs> tell anybody about the paleo diet who's willing to listen, but that's cer certainly not everybody, so I do that's my true. best. Yeah, totally. And I've learned to just not try to convince anybody. I learned that from Rob Wolf. He's like, I don't, I don't convince anybody. I have like thousands of emails of people who need help, so there's no need to convince anybody. So I'm totally with yep. you on that one. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've gotten to know you a little bit through talking to you over the phone. But for people who aren't familiar, tell us a little bit about your story. What got you to, you know, having the specialty you do, being a naturopathic doctor, and just the, uh, you know, the way that you work with patients. Well, that's. I've, I've, my dad was a doctor, um, 
a retired surgeon, and so I've always been interested in being a doctor myself, but I don't know. When I was in college, it was becoming pretty apparent to me that I wasn't really interested in the... As I learned more about medicine and started studying all the sciences, I I quickly realized I wasn't very interested in the conventional field. I hadn't I didn't know what naturopathic medicine was at the time, but I started researching and and uh looking at different options, acupuncture, chiropractic, etc. and none of them really seemed to quite fit what I was looking for and I literally happened to be walking down a a hallway in one of the the buildings in my at my college and and saw a flyer from NCNM, National College of Naturopathic Medicine, and thought it sounded interesting and this was you know, the days before um, a lot of internet and websites and all of that. So I sent away, I got a little pamphlet and, and uh, read it, and I knew right right then and there that that was, that was what I was looking for. So I got into school as soon as I could and, and uh, have been practicing since 2000. And I guess my interests and in, in how they've, they've um, developed over time as I've practiced, I've always just had a very sort of common sense, I guess, approach to, to medicine. And, and so I've gotten very interested in, in functional medicine and offshoots of that. And, but all along, I've always been interested in, in just sort of the, what I call the basics or the or another way to term it would be, you know, just things that are good for humans, <laughs> which we don't mm-hmm. always tend to, to deal with or to do these days. And, and so obviously dietary things and lifestyle, exercise, et cetera, and then uh, after hearing uh, some some more specific uh, or doing some more specific training, I learned a lot about the effects of EMFs and and um, the effects of earthing, which we'll talk about later. Um, and it quickly became obvious to me that 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 has to be uh, part of the basics because it's such a a new and and uh, unusual environment for us now, uh, and literally in our air that we are unaware of that that human beings have never been exposed to uh up until you know to these levels um in the last 15 years i i've heard that recently that that the amount of ele- uh man-made electromagnetic fields that we are being exposed to has gone o- up 200 million times in the last 15 years um which wow. to me based on the research that's being shown um and how it affects our health is not a good thing. So I'm getting more and more interested in, in trying to find ways to, to uh, address that with my patients. And Got here it. I am. <laughs> and here you are. So let's let's start with the basics because for some people listening, this is probably a totally foreign concept. They probably have never thought of this before. Like I'm I'm around wireless. I got my cell phone. I'm not even thinking about these health effects. Let's just yeah. Kind of all you got to do is walk right. outside. Oh, you just yeah. got to walk outside yeah. and see people. Everybody has a cell phone stuck to their head. <laughs> yeah, this affects everybody. So this is such an important topic. So let's first start with the term EMF. What is it and what does it mean? Well, EMF base is, stands for electromagnetic field. and But within the basic definition of it, there, there are what you'd call uh, natural sources of EMFs and unnatural or man-made uh, sources of EMFs. So an example of... Uh, a natural source of EMS would literally be like a, like a thunderstorm, like lightning. That's those are electrical fields in there, or or even the uh, the magnetic uh, field that surrounds the Earth, which is what makes a compass work. Um, those are that, those would be some examples of natural um, EMS. But but the stuff that we're interested in, especially this evening, would be 
um, man-made or unnatural uh, electromagnetic fields, which literally until the, the these things were created, our bodies had never been exposed to before. But there, I guess a basic definition of it would be just the sort of the area of of energy or energetic field that surrounds any sort of electrical electrical device or appliance, um, the cell phones, cell phone towers. There, there's we can get into more details if if necessary. But in terms of the differences between those, I think we'll talk about that a little bit later. But that's the basic basic idea of what we're talking about. Okay. So there's the natural forms of EMF, and then there's the man-made forms. And the natural we've been exposed to for thousands and thousands of years. And that so is the, correct. the man-made form, how how are they different? How is the man-made form different from the, the natural? <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking about that, and, and I, get, I think I like analogies, and I think mm-hmm. a simple way to look at it would be like the difference between a strawberry and a strawberry smoothie. I mean, <laughs> sorry, not a strawberry smoothie, a strawberry Slurpee. Smoothies yeah. usually have good things. but So in other words, there's some similarities between the two, but, but it really has to do with really some very sort of highly technical physics aspects of of the differences in wave frequencies and and things like that between the two but the key the key thing is one we our bodies have seen felt experienced absorbed uh since we've been on this planet or our ancestors or whatever you want to you know human beings and all animals have have uh experienced these natural forms of of energy for millennia and and uh the unnatural forms are it's like a completely brand new sound to us or or um stress in some way shape or form on our on our bodies that we have have really very we have not adapted to it by any means it's, and 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 again the the rate at which it's increasing is just astronomical and it's pretty scary but I hope, hopefully so that answers your question so it's something question. that that we could yeah absolutely so it's something that we may not even know these the health effects of this until i mean we're starting to see things now in the research and i'm sure you see it with your patients clinically but this could be something that we don't see for decades down the line correct yeah absolutely i mean the experts out there are are likening it to the same things that have happened it's kind of like a broken record idea the same things that have happened in the past with with both uh asbestos and um cigarettes but mm-hmm. in terms of you know for a long time we thought they were okay and and unfortunately also we were we were told by the quote unquote experts that they were okay um mm-hmm. and it took it took a lot of hard work and defying you know the odds and and the powers that be to bring out the truth about what those things were doing to people but it was only after a number of people literally died unnecessarily and um the the experts out there who are studying emfs intently and are trying to get the word out feel very much the same it's there's there's still you, you can look things up um all over the place on the internet now even like the World Health Organization has pretty good information on EMS but again mm-hmm. an organization like that they're still unwilling to say without doubt you know don't use your cell phone or something like that but there's they've definitely come out with recent information suggesting that there's a very good possibility and especially you know when you think about the fact that m- many children are using these devices um right. and I I hate to just focus on cell phones because it's not just that we'll get into that more but but it's 
in my opinion and in my home, if there's a possibility that that my child could get a brain tumor from a cell phone, then they're just not going to use it until we're 100% sure versus, oh, darn, we really shouldn't have been doing that all along. Now, look, somebody's got a brain tumor. Right, yeah. So, there's no brain there, there, tumor there's, yet. There's let's, major... Let's yeah. Sorry? No, I was just saying, I was oh, just there's no say, brain tumor I was yet, just... so just let the kid play with it until we find problems. But, you know, I mean, like you're saying, we won't know until years down the line, possibly. So, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, sure. and part of the problem... Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go for it. Well, I was just, I was just going to say part of the problem how... is. <laughs> <laughs> is this no, I was thinking about how I actually see parents who let their kids tease on cell phones. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's that freaks me out. You know, like go go, that go is, ahead. That is scary. That is scary. And I mean, again, you were talking about the the development of, or or how we're going to know we're not going to know for sure for years down the line. Literally, part of the reason for that is is because. The damage that we're talking about here happens on the on the level of DNA and can eventually result in cancer, which is a it's not an overnight process. It's not like catching a cold. So there, in in essence, basically what's going on is there have been no pro- studies that have proven the safety of these things, and there really have been no clearly definitive yes for sure studies on cancer formation but the main reason for that there there are, there have been clear studies on DNA damage and things like that but they can't just say oh look these 10 cell phone users used the cell phones for 15 years and now they got cancer because the time just hasn't passed yet right. but they've proven enough about the type of damage that is occurring that you can only you can then only conclude that in all likelihood at least some people are going to get cancer from these from these things. Right. You can kind of have to, you have to make sort of a, a conclusion of it. But yeah, I mean, cancer, that is cellular damage. It's happening, genetic damage. That's really what's happening with cancer. So, I mean, yeah, it's funny because they're like, oh, there's no connection, right? There's no known connection. But but there's no there's no studies that show the safety either. So I think it's better to no. get on the side of caution. Absolutely. I mean, if it, if, you know, if it, if the, the end result was that, you know, you, you only grew, you you ended up not being as tall as you were or something like that. That was like the worst thing that could happen. Then maybe you know go ahead and and talk away. But but if the end result is death, then in my opinion we should be sure before we really right. Especially before we literally make commercials promoting these things to children. Like right, that just right, exactly. that's. That's not good. So we've talked about um, cell phones as one source. What are other sources of, of EMS? Well, that gets into um, a little bit about the differences. Um, be- sorry, between different types of EMFs. Uh, the main, the main thing to be aware of is that is there are they sort of divide them into two main cat two main categories. One would be what you'd call low frequency EMFs, and the other would be high frequency EMFs and low frequency EMFs and again this is all within the realm of um man made unnatural EMFs that I'm talking about mm-hmm. all of these things have negative health effects but they are different from each other so le- low frequency uh EMFs would be uh this jeez I'm sorry this is somebody's trying to call but they're not going to get answered uh, so low frequency EMS would be the so- sorts of fields that you'd find that you'd find uh surrounding uh appliances, um refrigerators, 
uh, electric range stoves, uh, electric razors, electric blankets, even like wiring in the wall if you have an old house can be a very, very potent source of, of low-frequency fre EMFs. Um, in essence, basically anything plugged in. Um, can have a, a pretty strong field. So, uh, cor um, sorry, portable or uh, laptop computers are, have really strong fields right on the top of them, which you know many people use. Um, so those those are examples of low frequency. High frequency ones would be again things like cell phones, um, the fields that are coming out of the actual cell phone towers, which we have a million of here in Portland. Um, mm -hmm. Radio radio towers. Um, those are the main ones. Microwave ovens, if they leak, are a potential source. Even even the, the one that always catches uh, my patients by surprise is cordless phones. Mm. Cordless phones are actually very um, nasty. The base station, the base stations emit basically a stronger or as strong of a field as a cell phone. Except for the, the difference is the cell phone is only emitting that that field when you're taught when it's when you're speaking to somebody and then mm -hmm. when it's when it's just sitting there and it's not you're not actually talking on the phone to somebody it just um will periodically have emit a signal to sort of stay in contact with the whatever cell phone towers <clears throat> whereas whereas a cordless phone is emitting the same field 24/7 oh, so interesting whenever it's on so an, the, a, a a neat tip i learned about or a way to, to describe it to people is if you you know if you I don't I don't know if you have a cordless phone most people do but if you have a cordless phone and you start walking away from the base station and you mm -hmm. keep walking until you can't speak on it anymore mm -hmm. that's basically where you're safe. <laughs> so for most people have they would have to actually walk outside of their house to get to that right. point. And um, I just had a question about about cell phones. So I, I was told, I don't know if this is true, that the the worse the, the uh, signal is, the more um, exposure you get from your cell phone. You know, that's that's correct. That's okay. correct. Because cause basically, so literally the one of the worst, absolute, if you're concerned with, with EMF exposure, one of the absolute worst things you can do is speak on the cell phone in the car. Because you're literally making the cell phone work harder to pick up that signal and the the, mm -hmm. the signal strength has to be stronger and it has to pick up a stronger signal and these these phones are pretty pretty fancy these days and they can actually do that and the same would be true um if you're trying to talk on the phone in an area um that doesn't have good reception then it's just like it's like it's like yearning to get that connection you know so it tries right. really hard and then that that equals uh, bad things for you okay Interesting. Any other sources, or is that that's pretty much the, the overview? Um, I I think that I mean there are so just from that I mean there that's that's a lot of stuff right there. But I mean right. power stations, of course. Anytime you're walking around, I mean never ever move into a house that's near a power station. Okay. That that would be a, probably one of the most significant sources of low frequency fields, and there's mm -hmm. pretty strong. Uh, Connections with with uh, I've I've read research about people living near power stations and increased rates of leukemia and things like that. So okay. that'd be another big one. Very and then any of those you know any of those things like uh, iPads, anything that that anything that's plugged in or powered 
has mm-hmm. a field like a, a low frequency field and then anything that's that's connected and picking up a signal from something has a high frequency field so okay. So, That's a lot so of things. A lot, these of, days. a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> a lot yeah. of things that I, I use on a pretty regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about the the health effects a little bit. Obviously, that's the approach we're taking. Um, is there really research on negative health effects? And and if so, what what's actually being found in the research with this? Well, um, that that is where it gets pretty scary. There there is a lot of research being done, and and again, it's it's. It's quite these days. It's quite easy to come by on the internet. Um, what I what I wanted what I'll do actually is I'll mention a couple of websites and then I'll tell you just a couple uh, research studies that I've heard of that are quite uh, concerning to me. So one that's really easy to remember is Cell Tower Dangers with an S dot org. Um, another one is Bioinitiative dot org. B-I-O initiative.org. Those are pretty good comprehensive sites that I mean there's a lot of sites out there if you just search like EMF dangers, a lot of stuff you'll come up with is websites that are trying to sell EMF protective devices or, or mm-hmm. equipment. And they, they tend to overblow a lot of stuff. But the ones the two I just mentioned are, are fairly reputable and, and just have the basic research. And then even again the the World Health Organization has some pretty good information. I don't remember what their website is, but I'm sure they're easy to find. Right. Um, um, so yeah, that that would be those would be some big ones. Um, there's again a variety of studies. There's one that always sticks in my mind. It was it's a small study um, that was done by a physician who I've been training with. Um, so. In in the sense, it's it's not like a humongous study, but the key about it is that the findings were so apparent. I don't know if you know a whole lot about statistics and, and research and stuff. I I certainly am not. It's not my forte, but I know that typically small studies are not valued as much just because the number of people is not large enough. Except right. if there's a if, except if there's a stark enough uh, difference between the two. Mm-hmm. The two findings, and so there was a study that this physician did where it's quite simple actually. What they did was they they got a group of patients of his who he sees a lot of autistic children, and they what they did was they got ten control healthy children, you know, with no signs of neurological disorders, and and ten uh, autistic children, and in essence, what they did is they went and found the home that the mother of the child lived in while pregnant. And then they went to the actual location that the mother slept in while pregnant. And they they measured, there's a very simple way to measure what you call body voltage, which is and, and literally the the voltage that your body picks up from anywhere that you're standing. You, there are devices, totally legitimate um, devices that will measure this for you. And um, it should, your body voltage should be the same as the, the surface of the earth, which is zero, but almost nobody has that now. So anyways, this study went to these, this key location and measured the body voltage of the, of the 
where the mother slept while she was pregnant with the child in, in 10 autistic and 10 healthy children. And the average reading for the healthy child, um, for the mother of the healthy child, was about 150. And the average reading for the mothers of the autistic children was like over a 1,000. Yeah. And so, so in essence, it, it's really it's sort of like the first thing that's ever come out that shows a potentially direct predictive factor for autism, which is a pretty big deal because there's a lot of um, disagreement out there as as to the causes of, of autism. Obviously, there's certainly other things that come into play, and we won't talk about that right now, but but that was that was huge and then just to be sure they also then went to the homes of the children themselves and went to the beds of the children where they slept again the healthy children and the autistic children and there was again a over fivefold difference in um, body voltage between on average between the autistic children and the and the healthy children wow so you know t- it certainly goes well beyond that. Um, there's a lot of research out there, as we talked about um, before, in terms of uh, DNA damage, sleep disorders, blood pressure. I mean, it's it's so much. But that was just always one that stuck with me. Maybe it's because I'm a dad, but it's a huge deal. <clears throat> um, and and again, one of the websites I gave this, uh, I believe it was the bioinitiative.org, there's a really fascinating um, chart in there, which unfortunately with our setup here, we can't see it, um, that that it's literally a chart that, that goes from lowest to highest, uh, what they call power density. It's a radio frequency reading. And it shows you what studies have shown um, the reported biological effects of these frequencies. So it goes from literally i can't even count like 0.0 i can't even count how many zeros like 10 zeros <laughs> 0. a very 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 small amount you'll you're seeing altered genetic structures in bacteria just in in literally there's no device on the planet that emits unless you're using it for research that emits this small of a field but that's like the first place they find any biological effect and then it goes you know, well over 2,000 um, in terms of what's what's actually out there from man-made uh, sources. Mm-hmm. So, but even at you know point zero 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 like ten zeros one, there's there's there, you're already seeing altered genetic structure in, in simple organisms. And so that's a really fascinating chart to look at. I I won't just go through and bore everybody and read things off, but. But uh, that that would be a fascinating. If anybody's really interested, it it goes into it, it, almost you name it in terms of symptoms. You'll you'll find it at some level. So 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 what are some of those symptoms for people listening that are like you know I'm exposed to this stuff all the time. What could be some of the okay. symptoms that they might feel that they're overexposed to these things? So um, some of the earliest symptoms that show up in humans, and there's there's actually a condition now they're they're calling like electromagnetic sensitivity or or um electrosensitivity where people people are getting symptoms that they have no idea that it's actually due to the EMFs they're being exposed to but yeah i mean forget it obviously cancer or something like that's like the 
the worst some of the worst things that people can get but the, some of the earliest symptoms that are showing up in humans in terms of r- what research has shown are things like um insomnia uh blood pressure abnormalities uh, anxiety just fatigue joint pain digestive problems um sc- in schools you're seeing a lot of um potential for for worsening in in ADD and things like that as well um and you can certainly go on go on from there um through you know leukemia is one of the leukemia is actually a big one that shows up quite early on as well um and I don't know exactly why that is but but um especially in children and children are just hyper vulnerable to these fields because they're just they're just not as as resistant I don't ex- understand exactly why but you know it it's probably just they're just not as strong, you know. So, right. um, and then you can you can go into memory problems, um, depression. I mean, like I said, some you name it. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that that this is potentially contributing to. And then again, some of these conditions, maybe these people have some predis- uh, predisposition to to this condition or this um, symptom. And the way that I look at it is these these electromagnetic fields in certain circumstances they're it's just they're just like an additional stress on us and as you know as a naturopathic doctor you're trying to work with a patient and get help them get healthy you need to identify the things that are stressing them out in their lives not just mentally but physically and this is like a major stressor it's like right. it's like it's like sitting next to a super loud uh speaker going on next to you right. but you can't hear it but your nervous system is just like going wacko <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding um wow that's so amazing it's really really fascinating <clears throat> yeah. um you know obviously this it's not going anywhere anytime soon so let's let's get down to and actually i, I want to mention for people who just tuned in um we're talking to dr daniel chong talking all about um, electromagnetic fields and radio frequencies and um, you know, things like cell phones and wireless internet and all these things that we're exposed to and, and its relationship to our health and what we can do about it. Um, for the people who are calling it, who, who are listening, if you want to ask a question, go ahead and press 1, and I'd be happy to bring you on the air. Um, so let's talk a little bit about realistically what we can do. Um, what can we do to help prevent or deal with some of these negative health effects? Well, you know, you've mentioned this, the idea a few times already that, that these things are not going anywhere, um, at least no time in the foreseeable future that I can tell. Um, so we are starting out at a major disadvantage in that regard. I mean, it's it's almost to the point now, and especially, again, in Portland, for example, that it's, it's known, I believe, to have one of the highest per capita numbers of cell phone towers in the country. Um, I don't know if that's ironic or what, because I'm very interested in it, but it's scary. <laughs> but anyways, um, so it's, it is not very easy to fully, fully avoid avoid these things. I mean, you just got to look at, like, the most recent Verizon wireless uh, commercial, and they, like, throw up the map of the United States and where they've got you covered, and it's, like, the whole thing, you know? So it's right. pretty hard to... It's pretty hard to avoid them, but but there are certainly some things, some very simple things that you can do to to massively reduce it. And it's just like anything else. I mean, sugar is bad for you, but five pounds of sugar is worse for you than 
half a pound of sugar, right? So whatever you can do, it's going to help. Whatever you can do to at least reduce the stress is going to help you. So in that regard, <clears throat> certainly limiting cell phone use is an obvious one. And that's easier said than done for some people. Some people just absolutely have to use a cell phone. So if that's the case, then you have to work on the way that you use them. So mm-hmm. in my opinion and in my myself, my kids, my wife when I can when I can uh, get her not to, um, never talk with a cell phone on our heads, ever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like the only, really the only time I will speak with a cell phone on my head is if it's an urgent matter and I have no other option. Um, otherwise, I'm, I only use a speakerphone. Some people will say that headsets are a good option. Um, I've read some research that suggests the possibility that that's not true. Um, some Some research suggests that you may actually magnify the the effect of the the cell phone signal through the cord or nobody uses cords anymore they all use bluetooth which is which again is potentially just as bad because it's just connecting to the same field there is a there is uh out there now something called a blue tube t u b e headset that that is a good option if you if you don't want to speak on a cell uh speakerphone because uh it's basically like a like a normal uh, corded headset, except about halfway up the cord, the cord stops, and then it's just an air tube that leads to the he- earpiece, which which sound uh-huh. will travel through. So mm-hmm. it allows you to keep the the cell phone a good couple of feet away from you. So that that's a big one. Um, certainly, absolutely, positively, if you can in any way, shape, or form, get rid of your cordless phones. That is a that is a huge one. Um, if you so, I mean, people are like, do they even sell corded phones anymore? They absolutely. They're like twenty dollars at Radio Shack, and uh, you can get extra long cords. You know, thirty foot cords, and you know, most people can survive without having you know their their cord cordless phone wherever they go. Um, and that that is a huge one. If if whatever for, for whatever reason you're not able to do that, you want to get the base station of the phone as far away from where you are in the house as possible. Um, That's a big one. Um, There are a number of other things. Again, those are some of the simplest things I I tell almost all of my patients. Another super simple one is to, you know, most people have uh, wireless routers. And for those people out there who don't know what that is, it's, it's like if in your home you have your Internet uh whatever modem and then if you're a- if you're able to use your your laptop without sticking a plug in it and go on the internet then you have a wireless router in your house and then that, what that's basically doing is it's picking up a signal that comes from a cable outside of your house into this box and then broadcasting it into your house kind of like a cell phone tower does but not quite right. as strong <clears throat> but you know some people just the other day I was talking to somebody and my kid you know somebody's kid can't sleep and they happen to have the wireless router in the bedroom next to the child's bed. Oh my gosh! And the cordless phone. So you know, I have a good feeling that the child's going to be sleeping better once they take those out of there. But anyways, you don't have to. I mean, most people like to sit in bed or whatever with their laptop and do some last-minute things before they go to sleep, and they that's quite difficult if you are only using a wired connection. But again, mm-hmm. the, the best option is to just use a wired connection where you, you literally just take the wire that's stuck in the router 
out of the router and get rid of the router. And then whenever you want to go to the internet, you just plug the the wire directly into your computer. Okay. But again, a lot of people are unwilling to do that. So the next best option is to only turn on the router when you want to go on the internet. Hmm. And then otherwise, keep it off. And and again, keep it as far away from you as possible. Don't put it in your child's room. <laughs> um, <laughs> so and then you know beyond that. There are still a number of things, and, and the further down that list I go, um, really starts to depend on the patient's health. If they're really sick, I'm going to tell them everything. And I don't know how much detail you want or how much time we have left. Maybe twenty. No, minutes, I love this. I love the, the, the practical tips. is really helpful. Yeah, I mean there are there are still a number of. I mean another thing that's. I mean I can't tell you how many people I've talked to who literally sleep with their cell phone on their pillow next to them. Right. Yeah. Uh that's not a good idea. You know, so so move your cell phone away from you as much as possible. Turn it off as often as possible. If you don't have to have it on overnight, just turn it off. Same with your computer. Um mm-hmm. other simple things, th- those are all a lot of that is is high frequency stuff, but there's a lot of low frequency stuff issues that that are um going on in people's houses. So again, that's all the plugged in devices. So uh, there are many many people out there who sleep with a an alarm clock plugged in sitting next to their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not good. Um, so I usually I have my patients at least move the alarm clock away from them as far as they can in the bedroom. If not, just forget it and put it out in another, another room and turn it loud enough that you'll hear it anyways. Mm-hmm. Sort of an idea. Um, another big problem that's a lot, actually a lot more difficult to deal with potentially is... Um, People with old houses have with not terribly well insulated wiring. They will have very very strong fields that affect that body voltage that I was mentioning to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that um, just literally emanating from the walls. And the only way, again, when I get into when I'm working with somebody who's got more serious health problems, I may mention these sorts of things, but I mean, the only way to deal with that, or one of the only ways to deal with that is to actually turn off the circuits to the bedroom at night, which many people are going to be unwilling to do, but it can can make a tremendous uh, difference for some people. And then um, there are a variety of quote-unquote protective devices out there most of which have not been researched at all. Um, And I can't go into all of them because there's so many different types. But I will mention, and I have no financial connection, but I will mention um, one company that I have come across called Memon, M-E-M-O-N. They are a company out of Germany that is really one of the only companies I've seen uh, that is doing actually legitimate research on their products and and proving that they work to help protect you and they have a variety of devices that you can apply to your um, your cell phone into your home near in your office your car things like that and i also really like the approach that they're taking because they're not trying to block these fields which is almost impossible um, what they've done, and I can't go into the details of it, it would take too long to to explain, but in essence what they've done is they're creating uh, products that are helping people, helping you um, harmonize with these fields, in essence mm. turning them harmless, mm. not blocking okay. them because it's just impossible. Mm. Um, 
and and they're they're pretty amazing products um but they are so they are also quite expensive so um you know not everybody's going to want to pay that but right. they, they are well, another good, good option options yeah to help kind of <coughs> offset some of these effects um yeah. i want to go yeah. ahead and open it to the phone lines if that's cool with you dr chong um, yeah, no problem. I have a caller here from the 303 who's been waiting very patiently. Caller, are you there? I am here. Good evening. Hi. Thanks for calling in. And what's your name and where are you calling from? My name is Daryl. I'm calling from Colorado, and I had a question about um, high power lines. Uh, I'm a real estate broker, and I have clients that I show property to often, and occasionally one of them is, you know, uh, in close proximity, uh, sometimes very close proximity, power lines. Uh, other times they're a little ways away. And I know that there's been research about it, and I've heard both sides of it, that, oh, yeah, there's a lot of worry, and then I've heard that there's no worry at all. So I wanted to get your opinion. Yeah, from my understanding, um, you know, power lines are going to be, going to be emitting um, these the sorts of low-frequency fields, the same things that we talk about um from appliances etc but obviously much much stronger but the one the bit one of the big differences uh as far as i understand it between low frequency and high frequency is that low frequency fields do die off fairly quickly as you move further and further away from them whereas high frequency fields will just go on and on and on and bounce off of buildings and and not really stop so so it what I would say then, I guess, is literally the closer in proximity the house is to the high power lines, the worse off that they're going to be. Another big problem in, in a house that I would never move into is if all the the actual uh, power sources coming from the power lines that, that lead to the house itself, if, if those are going to a bedroom versus the kitchen or some other part of the house that you're not sleeping in, I would never move into a house that had the power lines to the house, the, the power supply to the house going right into uh, a wall um, near a bedroom. Okay. So, so hopefully that uh, answers your question. Oh, it does answer it, but from a distance standpoint, I mean, <clears throat> to be safe, how far away should they be from uh, a house? How, I mean, to be comfortable with what it's going to be. Um, I can't say that I have that that detailed of an answer for you. Um, I, I'm sure that that would be pretty easy to find on the internet, but I know, like I've seen, I have seen some study, some studies that showed that um, sort of the, the the power level that you would be reading like a hundred feet from a power station, which is you know pretty far, and the the levels there about a hundred feet away are are much higher, for example, than what you'd need to to uh, for some people to start getting sleep disorders, joint pain, uh, anxiety, things like that. So that's okay. probably the best answer I could give you. And that that helps a lot. Thank you. It's a good question. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoy the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, it's a yeah. good question. Um, let me see here. I know, or this is such a good topic. We're really flying through these questions, but I have so many more. Um, we might have okay, to do a part two. I know. <laughs> Let's switch gears a little bit. So, for the past couple of weeks, 
I've been uh, walking around barefoot in the park in the dew early in the morning. I know my naturopathic grandfathers would be very proud of me that I'm doing this. It's very nature cure of me. I feel amazing when I do it. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I I really, no, I really love it though. I feel very grounded. I feel good. Um, And I'm just, so I know that this is earthing, obviously. It's called earthing. Um, For people who aren't familiar with this, it's basically walking around barefoot. Can you kind of explain the health benefits and how this might be helpful in offsetting these? you know, health um, yeah. effects that we've been talking about. Yeah, and really that there's two main terms I've come across to describe what you're talking about. Earthing is one of them, and, and just grounding is, a, is another term. But um, and basically what's going on is the surface of the earth has a, sort of a, a constantly replenishing supply of negative ions. And when we touch that with our skin, which is conductive to electricity, we absorb those ions. And what has happened? And again, I've mentioned to you before that that you know one of my one of my interests is helping people sort of um, do what's natural and normal for human beings. And without really realizing it, we've gone from a situation where we used to be in contact, direct contact with the Earth's surface and absorbing these negative ions 24 hours a day. I mean, even if we had like some primitive shoe that was made out of leather or something like that, that is not insulated from these these ion fields, so we still absorb it through that. But if we put, a, you know, your typical shoe today on um, or drive in your car or, you know, I tell my patients all the time, basically, you... You wake up in the morning, you get dressed, you get ready to go to work, you put your insulated shoes on, you walk outside, you drive in your insulated car to your insulated office, you spend your day in your insulated office, get back in your car, back home, and then you take your shoes off. So so basically there's this negative ion field that research is showing is tremendously beneficial for our health that we, in, in essence, human beings are supposed to be immersed in this negative ion field. It's almost as much as we're supposed to be breathing or drinking water or eating healthy food. We are supposed to be immersed in this negative ion field all the time or as close to all the time as possible. And we've gone from that to basically never. And there's 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 now some actual... So that makes, to me, just hearing that, when I heard that the first time, that made... Perfect sense to me. Common sense, okay, that's a good idea. But that there's actually gone much beyond that now, and they've they've do, they're doing true, definitive research that is proving that these negative ions and and literally walking on the earth or finding some way to absorb these these negative ions is super beneficial. Literally, in every they've every measurable physiological marker that they have investigated these research studies have investigated so far is showing positive effects. So um, it's hard to even list everything, but the major, major things that it does that that I've read about that are so beneficial is it decreases inflammatory markers and it normalizes cortisol output. So it reduces the effects of stress on people. And, you know, those are two of the major causes of, you know, most chronic disease out there. So, uh, I I put it right up there with for my patients. I put earthing right up there with eating well and exercising and getting good sleep. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, it makes everybody sleep better. I I 
have almost I don't think I've ever recommended it to a patient who didn't at least start sleeping better. So hmm. it's a pretty big deal. And one other thing in terms of uh, electromagnetic fields, um, <clears throat> when you ground yourself, you become a part of the Earth's field, which hmm. which basically they call it the umbrella effect. It basically protects you from the effect, effects of low frequency fields. You'll sometimes find some some info on the internet that just says, "Oh, gr- earthing or grounding protects you from EMS." So that's that's only partially true. It, it protects you from low frequency fields like we've talked about, but not the high mm-hmm. frequency ones. Mm-hmm. So that's a key thing to to make note of. And again, I'm not fin- financially connected to this company, but if if you want more information on earthing, just go to earthing dot com or or earthinginstitute dot net and okay. you'll find all, all you ever wanted to know. <laughs> so we're running <laughs> out of good. time, so no, it's okay. Are... I wanted to uh, get into some um, some I guess case studies or some experiences you have with your own patients um, in addressing this, and and just I guess tell us a little bit about you know something that you've experienced with patients. Yeah, well, well, first thing I would say, and the most common response that I've seen with my patients is better sleep. And then if you, you know, extrapolate that out a little bit and consider what that means and when we realize how important sleep is to us and how many people out there don't sleep that well, it's a it's a really big deal. But I you know, I can't even I don't even know how many people I've recommended this to already, but that is far and away the most common thing I hear. I sleep better, I dream more, I wake up more refreshed is a is a big one. I've also heard a number of people uh, <clears throat> describe a pretty significant reduction in chronic pain if they have that, and again, that's a in all likelihood a direct. It's, it's directly anti-inflammatory, so it wouldn't make sense if it didn't help you with with pain. Um, mm-hmm. One person I remember in particular was she had really severe chronic pain and sleep problems, both of them, both of which significantly reduced and. And so she just decided to have her daughter start doing it. And her daughter um, has a seizure disorder. And she was getting seizures like twice a week, I believe. And then I saw the patient, she came in and told me how much better she was feeling. And then she happened to mention that her her daughter, who had started sleeping this way um, two months ago, had not gotten a a seizure since that point. So that was a pretty big deal. Wow. Yeah, that's a big deal. <laughs> so wow. I was I was very very impressed by that. But and I I mentioned sleeping that way. People probably don't know how on earth. I, I don't mean that she made her daughter sleep outside on the grass or something like that. <laughs> there are <laughs> there are actually uh, various devices now that have been created, mostly by this Earthing dot com company, um, that allow you via some pretty simple technology that allow you to sleep. Um, in your bed with a special a special sheet that that is connected with a wire literally to the ground and it mm-hmm. and it draws the draws the current and all you have to do is touch that sheet with your skin and you get that same effect and I've actually seen that like firsthand having somebody having their body voltage measured and then they touch the sheet and everything just goes to normal it's really amazing. really. Yeah, and now there's also a shoe company out there called Jewel, J-U-I-L dot com, that sells some very fancy uh, sandals that have been specifically designed to have soles that are um, 
uh, absorbed, uh, they, they absorb the negative ions through the soul and pass them through to you, to your, to your feet. Mm-hmm. And so there, there are, there are a growing number of options out there, and any one of them or anything you can do is good. Obviously, I think the best thing is to touch the earth, but, but um, we can only typically do that for a little while. So mm-hmm. um, these are some other options. Wow, really cool stuff. That's really awesome. I've been taking notes as you've been talking this whole this whole show, so I'm going to check out those websites and pass those on to my patients for good, sure. Good, good, um, absolutely. Yeah. Any Anything that's else you want to leave with our listeners? Um, I don't know. I think I've probably said it all. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I do also – I always – think of this idea, you know, I'm a big fan of the paleo diet, as you know, and, and, you know, who cares what it's called? I don't care what it's called. I just like the idea of, or or identify and and just believe in this idea that the further away we move from being natural, from doing things that are natural for us, whether it's drinking a strawberry Slurpee or, or talking on a cell phone, it it's it just repeatedly becomes evident to us that whatever it is we do that's not natural for us as human beings the sicker we get and so Absolutely. you know we focus so much on on diet and exercise for good reason but what i've realized in the last couple of years is that it unfortunately it doesn't stop there i mean it's it's almost like we are just trying to destroy ourselves or something like that because we're it's like everything that we are doing is just unnatural for us in, in one way or another and it's and it's just repeatedly uh showing evidence that it's harmful and so yeah. i want i want people to to think a little bit more broadly than oh yeah i got to eat my vegetables and and walk three times a week and start thinking about some of these other nasty things out there that if anything just think about your kids mm-hmm. try not to let your kids use all these wireless devices because they are just not in all likelihood, not a good thing. So, I guess that's Absolutely. it. I I couldn't agree with you more. It's really it's just a different you know way of looking at the same beast. Really, it's like taking it's just it's so much effort nowadays just to be healthy, just to be just how we're designed to be. You know, with our yeah. food and just living the way that we're designed to live, not being exposed to all of these forces. It, it really takes some effort. It takes some work. It takes a lot of unlearning things that we've been taught our whole lives and. You know, really thinking yeah. outside the box and, and being responsible for your health. And this is just another example of it. I mean, that's what yeah. I go back to with all of these shows, with all these different topics. The moral of it after the the end of the show is just operate the way we're designed to, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's really no fair because the humans that lived, you know, a few thousand years ago, they didn't even have to think about this stuff. They just, yeah. I mean, they had other challenges that we don't have. So we're. it's not like we're, everything just totally stinks now. I mean, we, we have a number of obviously wonderful things about you know mo- modern technology in the modern age, but but um, we have to literally try to be healthy, and that's mm-hmm. that's unfortunate, but that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Well, the first step is people knowing about it, being aware and conscious. So that's that's why things like this, you know, these shows are so great because people actually start to go, oh, I never thought of it like that. So it's just the very yeah. beginning of the yeah. whole change in lifestyle. Um, so thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can uh, listeners learn more about you? Um, again, my my website, that I kind of have two websites. My main website is uh, seekhealth.net. Um, I also have a website called paleodoc.com, and um, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm 
commonly just post random good studies I find and things like that, and that's at uh, your paleo doc. So that's those are the major ones. Awesome for now, Dr. Sean. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I was happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Yep, it was great having you. Talk to you soon. Have a great night. Alrighty, bye bye. Bye. All right, that was the show, guys. Thank you so much for listening. It was um, such an interesting topic for me. I just found myself writing notes like crazy. Um, I also wanted to just mention a couple of things. I was looking at the Mercola website. He has some really good um, resources on EMF. So check out um, Mercola.com and just, or even just EMF and Mercola. You'll get some really good resources on there too. Just things you don't really think about. Um, so you know, I, I just want to reiterate some tips that that Dr. Chong left with us. Is just you know, if you're not using these devices, turn them off. You, you know, we're exposed to these things on such a regular basis all day long. So just turn off the devices. Just detach for a little while, you know, and um, go outside, walk barefoot, and just connect with nature again. I mean, it's as simple as that. Find, you know, every every single day, just go outside and just walk around barefoot in the morning for five minutes if you can. And I, I guarantee you will notice a huge difference in your health. Um, thanks so much for joining me. Next week's show will be Dr. Abu Nassar. It'll be all about brain health and uh, how to prevent and treat Alzheimer's disease with natural medicine. So it'll be a great show next Tuesday at 5 p.m. Um, check me out, drlaurennoel.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-E-N-N-O-E-L.com. I'm now seeing patients in Encinitas, so I'm super excited. Check out the website and get the address, and I will uh, check you guys next week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.